Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode two of myself and E.T.'s gaming podcast called Eat S'more Cereal. How you doing? Woo-hoo. We may have passed the first episode, Dar. I know. Did it. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how. I honestly do not know how. <laughs> we have not fallen into the, the trap of starting a brand new project, recording one episode, and then not touching it again. We, we have overcame that challenge. We've yeah. done it. <laughs> one crazy feat. <laughs> of course, of course. Of course. Um, but first off, uh, the first episode got, what, like 83 views on YouTube? Which It's a lot. It's a lot more than we were expecting. No, I did not expect that many. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. So, I appreciate everyone who watched it, and mm-hmm. I appreciate Tomas for listening to it three times. Of course. Thank you, Tomas, for that one. Thank appreciate you, Tomas. Thank you, Tomas. Um, uh, so, yeah. Um, well, today's topic... We're going to mainly talk about uh, linear versus non-linear games. I don't know if you saw on our socials, uh, we had some polls going around a few days ago, I think. Um, of course, yep. Uh, just to ask what your guys' opinions on them, which ones oh, yeah. do you prefer? Um, so we'll bring them up a bit later, but we just wanted to uh, bring that up. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about, there's one news article that we have, but other than that, we're just going to talk about linear games and non-linear what we like about them, what we yeah. don't, what's our favorites. Yeah, you... we won't be we won't be spending like a half hour on new stuff this time. We don't have as no. much to talk about this this week, so no. be pretty short. Move on to the main topic pretty soon, but mm-hmm. still good to bring up though, because exactly. the news is pretty important. Yeah. So our first news and our only news for today is actually a, a pretty big one. So Raven Software, which is a they are a they're owned by Activision Blizzard right now, and yes. they recently won the union vote, which mm-hmm. is big, and it was unanimous. So it was a group of 28 quality assurance testers um, won their bid for a union, and this yep. is the first union in AAA video game companies, as far as I'm sure, which is just mm-hmm. big in general because the industry has been a thing for so long, and the fact that it hasn't happened yet is honestly just kind of crazy in my opinion i mean yeah it's it's a pretty big step i mean it's one of those things where given that gaming and esports industry like that's a brand new industry it's pretty new compared to like every other entertainment every other media industry out there um the fact that these union votes are really starting uh at least with um with raven software that's a huge step in the right direction giving workers more power um i mean yeah it's it's just a really good thing to see honestly especially in the context of activision blizzard given that them being owned by them um it, it bodes well for the future i think it's it's really good to see yeah no i'm i'm really happy that this actually happened and i remember hearing another thing a few days later um where because i don't know if some of you don't know activision blizzard is currently in the process of being bought by microsoft um and I, there's a quote just from pretty sure it was phil spencer my favorite, yeah. my favorite guy in the gaming industry. Oh, he, uh, he loves gaming. He, he loves he gamers. Loves, he loves gaming and gamers. Um, but he said that we respect to sub- and continue to support Raven and their union vote throughout the merger, which is it's just awesome. good. It's it's a good thing to say. It's it's nice. Um, mm-hmm. and I hope that this means more better stuff for Activision Blizzard in general. Um, but that was just something I wanted to mention. 
because yeah, it's, I mean, it's a pretty big thing. Just a just a final note on it. I mean, it's it's one of those industries where you really need to have unions like this. Mm-hmm. Um, having unions like this gives the workers so much more power. Um, and I mean, it's it's tough because it's a pretty exploitative industry uh, when it comes to either game development or just esports in general. Um, so having unions like this, people have been calling for them for years. Um, but it's really, it's just awesome to see that it's finally happening. And I really hope this opens a door for all kinds of other unions to form and make it a lot more equal for everyone in the industry. Yeah. So what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about, um, which one do you want to do first, something linear or non-linear? I say we flip a coin, Dar. I think we, we, we switch it up. Yeah, we, we, we. <laughs> How do you want to? No one, no one can answer that. That's a a great question. Um, I can pull one up in a web browser. All right. Uh, So, so what do you? Which one's which? Linear. Heads linear, uh, tails nonlinear. All right. Heads linear, tails nonlinear. All right. Heads. All right. Linear (laughs) games. Linear games first. Let's do it. All right. Do you want to? You want to start off? Um. Yeah. Sure. So. Talking about linear games, um, I assume we're mostly referring to just single-player games here. Yeah. Um, it's just games that, you know, play, play in your spare time, all that sort of thing. So when it comes to linear games, it works very similar to just any other, you know, book, movie, form of media you're used to, right? It's mm-hmm. To define it is literally just... It mostly even refers to the narrative of the game. Yeah. Um, in the sense that you start when you start the game beginning of a story all that sort of thing as you progress through the game and play it more and more you make your way through the story continuing the narrative and then at the end the story ends the narrative ends and that's the end of the game maybe mm-hmm. there's a couple like after uh post-game sort of uh events and stuff you can do um but the main bulk of the game is just playing through the main narrative um in a linear fashion you don't have to worry about uh it's not necessarily you don't have choice, but it's that the game is structured in that specific exactly. way. Yeah. So that's the easiest way to define it. It's very similar to just, you know, reading a book, watching a mm-hmm. movie that mm-hmm. you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Um, it all follows the same plot line, if that makes sense. Yeah, so. no, I, I get that. I think one of the examples of a linear game right now is probably, which I technically like haven't played, but I know the Uncharted games are nearly 100 percent linear Mm -hmm. like even though there's like freedom in some areas but it's basically you go there you kill this guy and it's very tells you what to do yeah and and i'm not we're not saying it's a bad thing there are good and bad things to both of these for linear and non-linear uncharted is just like a really good example of it i mean going even bigger than that like take the first ever super mario game right it's <laughs> yeah. a side scroller it's you know just super mario brothers on the nes mm-hmm. it, it is structured in that you have worlds to go through you have world one and then you just go level by level by level by level by level until you finish the world and then you go to world two level 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 world three world four and it just continues all the way until we end and then once you beat bowser you're done that you're done with the game that's yeah. the entirety of the game. It, yeah. You don't really have much choice when it comes to branching off of that. Even the amount of choice you do have, it still doesn't stray too far from a main goal, which is just beat Bowser. And every single level you play through there is all intended to uh, follow that same path towards beating him. So. Yeah, no, I think linear games are 
specifically interesting in the way that they're made because when you're comparing it to like because obviously multiplayer games are not um that linear but even though some multiplayer games have like campaigns like call of duty they have Mm -hmm. those campaigns which are completely different but i think that it's it just allows for so much more narrative building than you would have in just like a multiplayer game yeah i mean what's i think the key takeaway from linear games and the reason why people love them so much is just the fact that there is structure there right Mm -hmm. um compared to a non-linear game where you have all this freedom all this ability to sort of go whichever direction you want to go do whatever you want to do people like that structure in games people like just being like all right let's follow this narrative let's follow the story i could just do sort of what the game tells me to do and i could just perfect doing that throughout the game see my Mm -hmm. character grow see you know just do that people like that structure um, especially compared to non-linear games where some people may just feel lost when, you know, you're presented with so many different options and you really aren't given, like, a direction on where to go. Um, I, I think that's one of the key benefits to linear games is that being able to just yeah. follow a storyline, just sit down, know exactly what you're supposed to do, um, and where to go and how to play uh people like that it, it makes it a lot easier to just get into um compared to say a non-linear game where it's a lot more freeform yeah i think my favorite in my opinion most recent example of a linear game that i've fully completed and played is um the recent not recently released somewhat recently released marvel's guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. which I've, I've told you to buy a few times now um is <laughs> <laughs> is a really great game that um Basically, you're kind of you're playing as the main character, Star Lord, and you have your whole group of all your other teammates. But you are it is a linear game, and you're kind of like skewed to go in this place. Like you can like go through different areas somewhat to find like new costumes or like some gear to upgrade your abilities. But it's it really leads you in one direction. But the way that it's executed is really well done with the the atmosphere and just how everything looks. Because especially when you're on a guided path, you can make everything look so like beautiful and um, and structured. Um, so oh, that yeah. I recently completed that game and fully completed it, and I was I, I loved it. It was yeah. it's an amazing game. I I think one of the key takeaways from what you just said there is the fact that when you're on a set path, you can make it more structured and beautiful. Because from a game development point of view, right? If you're going mm-hmm. through this linear game, if you know that you're creating a game and you know that players are going to be following this very specific path and you know that players are going to be doing this specific uh gameplay um it's a lot easier to create the game around that right because if you know that compared to like an un um a non-linear game right where people can go wherever they want and go in a million different directions it's a lot Mm -hmm. tougher to create and formulate that gameplay experience that's perfect in every single one of those directions right if you have a linear game say like uh like pokemon snap uh, do you, you know the concept of Pokemon Snap, yes. correct? Yes, right? I do. It's basically an on-the-rails mm-hmm. uh, game where you basically hop in a cart, uh, go through a level, and throughout an entire time, you go and just take pictures of Pokemon, right? Yeah. Very yeah, simple, yeah. very straightforward. But what's great about Pokemon Snap is that it's a beautiful game. It's, it's an beautiful. incredible, yeah. incredible game, especially the new one that came out on the Switch. Yeah. Um, the reason it can be so beautiful is because no matter what, the player's always going to be on that cart and always following that same path. It's similar to, like, an amusement park, right? Um, where you're fall- where on, like, a roller coaster or on something, like, 
they can form the experience around that path because they know no one's ever going to stray from a path because you can't. So mm -hmm. they make that entire path even more beautiful because they can afford to. They have exactly, um, yeah. all the resources for making that one path be as beautiful as it can. And there you go. It, compared to a nonlinear game where, say, uh, say uh, Pokemon Snap was like an open world game or so. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where you're going around the entire world like Breath of the Wild and you can take <laughs> pictures of Pokemon, right? Jesus, you, oh my like, god. Think about how difficult that would be to make every single bit of that open world look just as beautiful as every other part. Like, it's tough because you can't really... Yeah. It, it's such yeah. a wider scale that it, it's a lot more difficult to do just from a game design perspective. And that's what's really cool about linear games is that you can formulate these beautiful mm -hmm. experience because you know for a fact that uh, the players are going to be going through that specific route. And again, not just for Pokemon Snap, not just for Guardians of the Galaxy, just any linear game, like following, like the gameplay flow of just playing through the game, finding a cool cutscene because you're going through that specific area at the right time. It just helps create that narrative. And it's very similar to a movie in that respect. It's really, yeah. really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of great things to like about linear games, especially for people who maybe just may not like um, non-linear games. Because non-linear <laughs> games are kind of, um, if we're talking about just single-player, like just single-player campaign experiences, um, <laughs> then non-linear games are more like open world. But also talking about multiplayer games, there's just preferences that people have where they will probably be skewed towards linear games because there's just more <laughs> to. There's just a straight path and a straight goal, which may be yeah. more feasible for some people than Breath of the Wild, an open world game where there's like a million of things to oh, do yeah. and you're kind of just, you kind of just spawn in there and you're like, what do I do next? <laughs> I think I actually want to touch on multiplayer a little bit because yeah. even, I yeah, know we're ahead. mainly focusing on single player, but I think when it comes to linear games, no, yeah, go ahead. When it comes to linear games, I think it's very important to note that when it comes to multiplayer, the main aspect of it is co-op. And I think co-op linear games are amazing. <laughs> Being yeah. able to follow through the, uh, the same storyline with a couple of friends, with a couple of yeah, homies, no. you know, you're going through <laughs> it together, working together to try and make it work. Um, even just something like a game as simple as like Left 4 Dead, where you're basically oh, just a group yeah. of like three or four people trying to just make your way through a level, killing zombies left and right um, and just working together to, to beat it. You know, I mean, it's mm -hmm. really, really fun. Um, and experiencing that with a couple of your friends is really, really cool. And it's a lot different than, say, like a nonlinear open world game uh, for multiplayer where, say, you're just facing other people. You're not necessarily you may have people on your team, but you're not necessarily like going through a storyline together. Being able to go through a narrative with other people is something that's really, really cool and fun. And I think that makes it really different, too, compared to something like movies or books, mm -hmm. because while you can read a book with more like multiple people and you can't watch a movie with multiple people you're not really gonna be you know going through it but um you can't really like discuss it with everyone else unless you're like watching at yeah. home right yeah, yeah and what well, you can it doesn't have any impact on how the movie goes you still have those cool moments where like say a plot twist happens and like mm -hmm. everyone reacts to it and it's really yeah cool. <laughs> when it comes to a co multiplayer game that goes through a linear storyline that's really really cool because your actions all direct uh out just they determine what happens in the game because if you all fail, 
you have to play through the same segment again. You there is a, a risk of failure there, yeah. uh, which I think is really cool. And being able to alter the outcome of a game depending on how you personally play and how you work with your team and with your friends, that's mm-hmm. so cool. And it's such an interactive experience that no other form of media can really have, which I think is really awesome. No, yeah, there's a lot of great things that you said. Um, another Thank you. example is like, <laughs> and a good example of that is like Castle Crashers. I love Castle oh, Crashers. Oh, yeah. Castle yeah, Crashers no. is so good. I've completed that game on Xbox like 10, 15 times, but I'd always play with like my cousins whenever they would be over or my sister uh, when we were younger. Mm-hmm. And uh, that game's just such a blast. And oh. so, yeah, co op games with Linear are just so good. Wait, so question, question before okay, we okay. we move on to nonlinear, I want to. Okay. What is your what is your preference between linear and nonlinear? If you had to choose, <laughs> if, you had to, if you had to, I can't say in the middle because I, I, I mean, like a mix. You can, you can, um, if you had to pick one, because trust me, I okay, like a okay. mix too. But I think okay. I do have a preference. I like. I think I like linear. Uh, I you think like I like linear? linear more, but like, I'll bring it up in a minute, in a bit. Um, but <laughs> I, have like a, I have a specific game that's more like in the middle. Uh, gotcha. Okay. Because yeah. I, I also prefer linear games. Yeah. Which is funny enough. Um, when I'm like looking through my Steam library, when I'm looking for a game to play, I love just sitting down, dedicating an entire evening to just going through an entire narrative in a game. I like being able to sit down, finish a game in a couple days, work through the storyline. I love that. That I really like having that direction in terms of playing the mm-hmm. game. Yeah, no, I completely get that. But I, I still love non-linear games as well. So I, we will talk about that. Um, so yeah, go ahead with whatever you were planning on saying. I, All sorry right. to interrupt so, there. No, no, you're good, you're good. Um, <laughs> it was good to mention because I think we're going to, once we talk about nonlinear games a bit more, we'll have to bring up the polls that we did and of course, the, um, of course. and our own opinions even more. Um, so, I mean, we kind of touched on nonlinear a bit, but a basic explanation of what a nonlinear game is is specifically single player mainly um, is basically a game affects lets the player affect where they go next. It, it's kind of like you have like a branching path, and you it's can kind of do form. what you want. Yeah, form. it's way more free. Um, this is a lot. This is really common with like open world games where you can literally open do world is the easiest way to to do a nonlinear game. Because mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to nonlinearity, mm-hmm. um, having an open world and just letting the player decide where they want to go physically within that world, that's the easiest way to make it nonlinear. It could still yeah. follow a storyline. It could still do all the things that linear games can do, but it just gives the player more freedom and allows them to really sort of form the story around what they want. Mm-hmm. And then the order they want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and nonlinear are kind of interesting because a good example of this is Minecraft. Probably I mean, w- one of the is... best examples <laughs> because you could do I mean, what yeah, that's you, true. You could do that's whatever true. you want. You you could do say, whatever yeah. you want. Um, and maybe it's not really Minecraft doesn't have that much story to it. Yeah. Um, but in the there main, is a way to beat it. Beating there the is Ender Dragon is the end of Minecraft, but you don't even have to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like when you compare it to a game like Skyrim, which is non-linear, you you can mm-hmm. literally do whatever you want. There's obviously a way to beat it, but there's like so much more story that takes place in the other smaller things that you end yeah. up doing with Minecraft. There's also multiple ways to beat Skyrim too. 
Like, it's there not it just one specific ending. Mm -hmm. um, there are multiple uh, ways to beat it. Uh, there's also just personal goals. Like, if you want to, like, set a goal for either, like, a speed run, you could either do... Um, you know, just make a specific goal for yourself. Like, oh, I want to get this many of this yeah, item exactly. or whatever. And then I want to unlock, you know, every achievement in the game. That could be considered, uh, you know, completing the game for some people. I want to unlock every potion in the game, get every weapon in the game, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah, that no. could be someone's definition of beating that game. It's not tied directly to a narrative linear game. Because mm -hmm. if you're playing a narrative linear game, you don't really beat the game until you beat the main storyline. Um, it, exactly. it's a lot more obvious in that respect, right? If you're playing through the original Super Mario Brothers and you make it to World like Four and then like stop playing, you'll be like, I, I, you technically haven't beaten the game because you haven't gotten through exactly. a, yeah. a railroaded, you know, path to mm -hmm. the exit. Again, you still have those same challenges of like speed running or like trying to get to like specific places in specific times, that sort of thing. So there are like personal goals that you know allow people to say beat the game even exactly. if they haven't gone through a main story. But at the end of the day, nonlinear games have a lot more freedom in that respect. No, yeah, exactly. Um, I think nonlinear is specifically more interesting just because of there are so many more aspects that you have to take into account of, especially if it's an open world one. Like with the common thing <laughs> that you see from open world games is you have like, I mean, mainly Ubisoft, but you see like <laughs> um, that tower that like unlocks different uh what's it like like seeing points or whatever on your oh, map yeah. mm -hmm. and just like the small challenges that um can either be depending on how you make them either tedious and boring or actually somewhat interesting oh yeah um to make and your side quests <laughs> yeah exactly side quests to kind of make your open world area more um worth it or yeah. worthwhile uh, I, in my opinion do you want to just get breath of the wild out of the way <laughs> yeah yeah let's i haven't even beat it but let's just get breath can, of the wild out of the way <laughs> we just can't talk about non-linear games about breath of the wild we just can't no I, we I, can't. it's, no, we it's can't. probably the biggest game within the past five years or so um it came out five years ago which is that's, scary um that's weird that's but weird. i mean it's huge it's an absolutely huge game and i mean for those who don't know uh the legend of zelda breath of the wild um, it's basically just a Legend of Zelda game, but it, where the main goal, defeat Ganondorf, save Zelda, just like any other Zelda game. But what makes it different is that it's an open world, non-linear game. So when Link wakes up from a coma or whatever, <laughs> learns that he has to save Zelda from Ganon, uh, he has a lot of options, you know? Um, he can, what's incredible about Breath of the Wild is that as soon as you start the game, mm -hmm. you can just go straight to a final boss. Yeah, <laughs> you could you could just go straight to Ganondorf and with like a a pot lid and like a stick You could try your luck at beating the final boss which just that and people have done that which is really really cool Yeah, but at the end of the day. It's just a massive massive open Like world that you mm. are thrown into and you're basically told go out explore learn about what you need to actually beat the final boss and go through all of these various you know challenges and stuff to make yourself stronger and grow as a character and f learn to finally become strong enough to be the final boss and that's what people love about for a while people love the fact that if you just spawn in the world you can look at like a tower in the distance and be like i want to go to that tower and i want to do whatever the hell is over there they could do that nothing yeah, is stopping no, them nothing um you could go you could do the challenges in any order that you want you could go explore the world do all these side quests um, and I think 
it's important to note uh, side quests in general within mm-hmm. these nonlinear games because yeah. what's what nonlinear games really have above um, linear games is the idea of open worlds and creating a world that feels lived in and like a really like incredible world where everyone is interacting which yeah. is really really cool because when you're playing through breath of the wild and you're going through and going to all these big like towns and villages um so you have like you know the town with all like the the, the fish people and the yeah. town with all like in the middle of a desert uh and all of that you can go there and do all these side quests which teach you about the culture of that town and teach you about like all this in-depth lore about side characters that you didn't even care about before yeah. but it makes the world feel so much like so much more alive than just an, a linear game could do because you don't have that freedom mm-hmm. to explore being able to really explore the world help people out with these side quests is really really fun and especially when it comes to like shrines and like mini dungeons in breath of the wild being able to just do everything at your own pace is what makes it really endearing to a lot of people people can just pick up the game play a little bit try and do like a, a dungeon or two maybe just maybe just wander around and like ride a horse for a bit you could do whatever you want in the game it doesn't yeah. really matter <laughs> um that's what's really really fun and i think that's why people love breath of the wild so much is that you really just have that freedom to do whatever you want mm-hmm. go wherever yeah. you want and just play the game at your own pace. Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting with the way that it, like non-linear games are just, especially if those side quests are done right, like mm-hmm. it can completely just even overshadow the main story. Oh yeah, line, definitely. In my opinion. Um, and so now I'm gonna ask you, without without Breath of the Wild, I don't know if it is Breath of the Wild. <laughs> But I'm not. I'm just gonna say you can't mention that. Of course, of course. Just, just so we get something else in there. <laughs> um, so, what would you say is your favorite non-linear game? I'm gonna say Endless Ocean from a Nintendo Wii. What? Easiest, endless, easiest question. Easiest endless, question endless, of my life. Wait, wait, what? Endless, <laughs> endless Ocean Two for the Nintendo Wii. Endless Ocean. You thought of this world. before, didn't you? It's my favorite game of all time. And it's not even Wii. close. Okay, I'm literally looking this up right now. It's labeled as shovelware what? in so many places. It's labeled as shovelware. People what don't know what game? Endless Ocean is. Um, so what Endless Ocean is, I'm going to do my pitch is for what Endless like Ocean Abzu? is. Yes, it's also why I like Abzu. And I'm actually <laughs> going to bring up that comparison in the sense that Abzu is a linear game and Endless Ocean is a nonlinear game. So, okay. here I go. <laughs> okay, okay. Endless Ocean Blue World. It is a game where you are a scuba diver. And you basically go to all of these various um, places around the world. You know, you got, like, the mm-hmm. Arctic Sea. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, the Arctic Circle. Um, you got yeah. a, a river in, in the Amazon. You mm-hmm. have just a massive trench in the middle of the ocean. You know, okay. the depths in the abyss. Um, you have beautiful uh, coral reefs and massive shipwrecks. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful yeah, game. Yeah. Um, it's similar... Um, or actually, no, I'm not going to bring it back in comparison. But basically, the way it works is you're playing through the game. It is a narrative. It is mm-hmm. a storyline okay. um, where every single time you progress, you're, every single time you start at this one, um, one coral reef. The beginning area is a coral yeah. reef. And there is a, a quest, like a main quest in the yeah. sense of, you know, going through this coral reef, going to go find this one artifact or whatever uh, to help progress the story. Um, so you go, you can do that, and then you can just move on to the next area. Easy peasy, no worries. But 
by doing just that, you are missing out on like 80% of the rest of that coral reef. Oh because if you keep looking in that coral reef, you find a bunch of fish you didn't find before. Uh, the entire point of a game is to basically look at all these really cool fish, all these cool mm-hmm. marine, uh, yeah. this cool marine life, and like explore and like find treasure underwater, um, and explore these shipwrecks and you know, fight off against very angry sharks and like you know things that want to kill you while underwater. It's very similar to like Subnautica in that sense. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's just really fun. I I don't know why it was like one of my favorite Wii games back in the day, but being able to just go explore all of these various parts of like the world in the ocean and rivers and it, it's just amazing and give it having the freedom to go around mm-hmm. do these side quests there's what's amazing is that there's a side quest for every dolphin that you find in the game there's the, a side quest the, the side quest for a, a, dolphin. a dolphin so every area has at least one dolphin that you can befriend and there's okay. a side quest for every single one Wait, uh, in terms that. of befriending it, and then once you get back to the surface, go back to the hub of just, uh, you basically have a little private island uh, where, you know, the, the scuba uh, place is based, um, and you can basically play with the dolphins, train it, have a cool, do cool tricks and stuff, and, like, be, be like, really cool friends, and then you can dive with the dolphin, and it can help you while out in the, Wait, in the like, ocean. It's really, cool. really cool. It's really fun, and just the environments that the game creates. Like, there's one area where you go to this underwater ruins, go down a well, and boom, you are in an underwater sunken castle. (laughs) And you have to go through this castle, find out all the traps, find out all of, like, the treasure that the castle has using your little underwater metal detector, and then go through and learn the, um, just discover the progressing of the plot. It's really, really cool. Um, it's, the plot itself pretty basic it's nothing crazy but it's really fun to just go around and learn more about it like there's this one really dark part where you have to like both literally and figuratively where you have to go to the depths of the abyss like the bottom <laughs> of what you would consider to be the mariana trench yeah, yeah. um and you can't see anything no, <laughs> and it's no, terrifying no. because there are things wanting to kill you down there um and you know you have to go down find the sunken submarine where, you know, divers have straight up died down there. It's terrifying. <laughs> and then that helps progress the plot until eventually you get to the end where you get to this sunken Egyptian ruins and you have to solve all these puzzles about the Egyptian gods and you have to go through and, okay. you know, find all of, like, the cool myths and learn about everything about that specific part of the ocean. It's just really, really fun. Mm. And I could go on for hours about how amazing that game is, but I think it does a non-linear world perfectly because even after you go through a main quest line there's a ton of stuff that you could do you can have other people uh, you can give other people like other npc characters tours of places mm-hmm. you've visited and then also help fet, uh fend off things that want to attack you while you're giving a tour it's really cool yeah, there's yeah. you know treasure a bunch of treasure you can collect there's filling out, out the marine encyclopedia which is which was my favorite part it's sort of like the pokedex okay. yeah, and yeah, like yeah. a pokemon game but it's terrifying because you have to actually go through and go through the depths of the water and, and the ocean where, you know, you're not necessarily completely safe. Um, no, my, no, no. One of my One of the scariest parts is going to the map in Antarctica because there is no seafloor. <laughs> it, the entire top is covered in ice. So you, you can't just surface at any time and get air. Oh, you have to God. look for holes in the ice 
where you can actually surface and get air. And if you keep going down, there's not a bottom. You just see these towering icebergs that go really, really deep. And it goes really, really dark. And it's terrifying because <laughs> you have this eerie music playing wherever you go. And it's just incredible. I could go on for hours about that game. I'm not going to uh, keep going because we could have an entire episode on that. But I'm going to now compare it to Abzu, which is okay. another okay. underwater game. I've heard of it. So yeah. Abzu is a very it's as linear of a game as it can get um it's similar in the sense that you go through uh different sort of areas under the water but as you're going through you're basically railroaded in the right direction um you're basically told all right this is where you go this is what you have to do just keep going through and what's amazing about absolute is that there are parts where there's like small puzzles here and there but but being able to play abzu is it's so different compared to any other game I've ever played. It's more of like an interactive story than any other game. Um, sort of similar to, say, like, Telltale games, where you just... You're not really playing it, you're just sort of clicking the right prompts and, like, more of, like, the discussion and, like, the commentary on it. Um, but playing through Abzu, you're playing it because the visuals are absolutely spectacular. Mm-hmm. The visuals in Abzu are some of the greatest... Uh, visuals I've ever seen in any video game. I've seen ever. some footage of it, and it looks it is amazing. Beautiful. It's beautiful, and that paired with a soundtrack. My the reason it's why it's one of my favorite games just of all time is the fact that it's just an experience. It's similar to like a movie. It's similar to like a book, but just playing through the game and the combination of the visuals and the music and the plotline, it's just amazing. I actually cried at the end of it because of how amazing it was, um, and it's similar to Endless Ocean in the sense that it's underwater mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as a no, start. No, no way. <laughs> it's, it's underwater, which is crazy. No way. Um, but it's also, um, you're still going to these different areas. You're still going uh, throughout like a bunch of different areas. You go through a coral reef. You go through uh, the depths and like the very dark abyss. There's like an underwater uh, robot pyramid thing that you have to destroy. <laughs> it's it's terrifying. Um, it's It's crazy, but it's also different from Endless Ocean in that it's not an open world game. You, okay. you can you can explore pieces of um, the area, but mostly you're still just sort of going through, progressing throughout the game. But also, there's not really any loading screens in the game either. You, all of it's pretty much seamless, and you can go through the entire game maybe only, only having like one or two loading screens, which is crazy. It's really, really cool. Um, but I just think that really shows that both linear and non-linear games have their benefits. They mm-hmm. both have... You know, these are two of my favorite games of all time, and I would—I don't think I could pick one of the over the other simply exactly. because they're so different. You can't really compare these games that much because they—they no. they serve different purposes and they serve different audiences. So that's—that's that's my spiel for that. You—you you can talk because I need a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just, well, I have to <laughs> you know, I like, Sorry I like my, my rant no, on no, Endless Ocean. You are, you are completely okay. You do not need to apologize for that. But I, I like how you brought up a distinct example of linear and a distinct example of nonlinear. And what I would like to bring up, uh, which I should bring up every episode, um, the Mass is, Effect trilogy. It, baby. Yeah, there we go. Um, so a good example of mix of linear, linear, linearity, linearity. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> is um, uh, is the the trilogy in total, but. Mainly, I'm focusing on Mass Effect 3 uh, mm-hmm. right now because the thing about Mass Effect 3 is that this it has a story with an overarching goal, but you're mm-hmm. kind of free to roam 
with um, different optional uh, objectives that you can do. But the thing is that all of these simultaneously um, help increase the um, the the goal you're trying to get at the end of the game. So a quick explanation of how this system works in Mass Effect 3 is there's a thing called the war effort. So there's a big war happening in Mass Effect 3. I won't explain yeah, the give, narrative. Give, give, like a, give a quick rundown of a plot. Like, very okay. quick. So for Mass Effect 3 specifically, um, it opens up with an, inva an invasion happening on the main uh, planet, Eden Prime. Or... Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> and by these big creatures called, like, the Reapers. And so basically what you're trying to do the entire game is to get enough resources for the war effort to, to get on the final assault. That's basically as simple as I could explain it without getting too much in the specifics and stuff. So every single um, side mission, side quest, or just side stuff you do for either your squad mates or other NPCs will get you at least some war effort resources. And there's a bar that you fill by the end of the game. If you fill all of it and then you do the final mission, you get a, um, there's a secret ending you can get. But what I'm trying to say is that it's it's linear in a sense where it's kind of guiding you to the end, but at the same time, it's nonlinear where there are so many other options that you can do, but they all help that main ending. So it's mm -hmm. kind of, um, I think it's a great comparison of like having both of them kind of combined, and it's why, it's why I love this trilogy so oh, yeah. much. And I will try and... Um, and talk about it in every episode uh, or at <laughs> least course. mention it in every episode depending on what topics we talk about um we can make it work like, we can make it work <laughs> we can make it work um but that's kind of my good example of like a mix of both um and mass effect 2 and 1 are kind of similar in a way but i think mass effect 3 does the mix the most mass effect 1 is probably the most linear mass effect 2 is like a bit of mix but then mass effect 3 is like yeah this is like a complete mix of linear and nonlinear, which is a good thing. Like, it's not a bad thing either. We're not saying any of these examples are bad versions of it. You can obviously make a linear game poorly, but um, we're trying to say that, like, there are good things for linear games and nonlinear games, or, like, a mix, basically. It's kind of what yeah, we're trying to say. Yeah, of course. Oh, man. That, there's so much to talk about with linear and nonlinear. There's so many examples out there. I mean, it's... Pretty much any game can be split into one of those two groups. I feel. Um, no, I know, um, it, and it's, it's that, or a combination of the two, like Mass Effect. Yeah, it's basically a. It's one of those main choices you kind of have to do in game development and game design, especially for making a single player game, because it starts asking a bunch of the other questions. Like if you're doing a nonlinear game, like, oh, okay, well, is this going to be open world? Or is it going to be a, a bit more? Um, a bit more less open world and you kind of have to decide from there what kind of side stuff you're going to implement or if it's going to be linear it's kind of like one of the main questions that you have to ask yourself when you're starting to make a new game mm -hmm. um it's one of those big questions um but yeah yeah um so yeah. if you guys didn't know i think we mentioned this obviously earlier but we uh, did a poll on our twitter and our instagram asking mm -hmm. you guys if you guys preferred linear or nonlinear um games and you want to bring up twitter i'll bring up instagram so yeah sure instagram we had a 73 so instagram had about like six or it's actually like 10 votes um and we had a 73 percent in linear games and a 27 percent in non-linear games and i thought that was pretty interesting i was kind of expecting linear games to be the one that most people voted for yeah, I, that surprised me 
as someone who likes linear games a lot more. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I mean, I think it comes down to what people consider to be linear and non-linear games mm-hmm. and what their experiences are with most recent, right? Exactly. So think about all the big games that have come out in the past four or five years. Mm-hmm. Most of them are non-linear, I think. Most I of wanna them s- are. I want to say non-linear game. Oh, the fact that open world games, like people have been calling for open world games for franchises that don't even, uh, you know, need open world. But like it's just Sonic. one of those, like Sonic, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things. That I feel like open world games have become sort of a, a staple of yeah. the gaming industry in the past couple of years. People people love open world games, and honestly, um, deservedly so. They're really really fun, and the quality of games has just gone up so much that mm-hmm. you know. Why not? People love non uh, nonlinear games, and there are still good linear games out there. But I feel like the the public perceptions mostly shift shifted over to nonlinear. No, it definitely has, especially with the rise of like multiplayer gaming oh, in the past. Yeah. Not even just recently, but just in general, the rise mm-hmm. of that type of genre. There is just way more of a interest in nonlinear games, like MMOs. MMOs are a great example, but like nonlinear games in a sense. And oh yeah, have, definitely. And you just have so many other people with you, and there's so many things you can do. Like, yeah, it's it's. I mean, that's also proven by the Twitter poll. I think <laughs> where the Twitter poll, a hundred percent of people picked non-linear games, which, I, I mean, that 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 proves it right there. Um, yeah, people love non-linear games, and it's that's not a bad thing at all. I, I personally like linear games, but trust me, I have a soft spot for non-linear games like Endless Ocean, like that it's so fun to just have the freedom to do whatever you want and to just log in, play, boot up a game, and just, boom, <laughs> play a little bit, yeah. get off every night, and that that's it, you know? It's not... Having that freedom is what a lot of people value, I think. Yeah. It kind of helps with identifying the way you play your own character, especially when there are a lot of different ways to, like, customize your character and also oh, just yeah, definitely. play out a mission. It gives a For lot sure. of more, like, identity to how you're playing the game in a sense people like the freedom it's great <laughs> exactly yeah um well i think i think that sums it up then that's pretty good yeah that's pretty yeah. good for uh linear and non-linear otherwise we're just going to be going in circles yeah but... no we we really will be going would be going in circles if we kept talking about it which <laughs> couldn't be a bad thing of course, of course also it could be a bad thing um but so uh first off um Cereal. Let's talk about cereal, Dar. Let's talk about cereal. Let's <laughs> let, let's let's remember this okay. this podcast has a name. It has a name, and yeah. its name has cereal. It it does. In fact, we're we're, we're eating more cereal. We are. We're so, eating more of it. So let's let's talk cereal. We we talked a bit about cereal last episode. We did. We did. We did. Uh, uh, I brought up Lucky Charms. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> on this podcast, we are going to be. Delving more into cereal as as we progress. Uh, I know last episode, first episode, still figuring some stuff out, but we have determined that we need to focus a bit more on cereal. You know, we gotta we gotta live up to the name, live up to the name of eating more cereal. So, exactly. Rather than just talking about you know our favorite cereals, some something pretty free form, something non-linear, I could say. <laughs> Let's make it more linear, Dart. Let's make it more linear. And given that it's our favorite style of game, and we are going to be ranking cereals yes. <laughs> as we go through our podcast. So yeah. each episode, mm-hmm. we are going to be ranking 
one serial. Um, nothing crazy. We got to make sure we have, we can continue it throughout multiple episodes, of course. Um, and we are going to be uploading them onto a tier list, a visual tier list that will be on our YouTube and will be on our social pages afterwards as well. So our yes. Twitter, our Instagram, at Eats More Cereal, of course. There we go, uh, there we go. Feel free to follow, feel free mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. like and subscribe as you would. Mm -hmm. um, but... Let, let's just let's just talk about it, Arlo. So, in terms of a tier list, I want I let's say um, what kind? How many tiers we want? We're thinking let's do, S tier. S tier yeah, number one, of course. A, A, B, B C, C. <laughs> D, and F. D and F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, okay. So, go ahead and talk about uh what we talked about last episode. Let's give a little a little rehash okay. of, of I, last I episodes. I won't say too much, but so last time we talked about Lucky Charms. Of course. I of would course. say a strong start. I'd like to make a strong start. A very strong start. I would say I say A tier. I mean I could say S, but that's just me being greedy. So I think, I think it's a lot I think that's high for for, for like a job. Is S tier? No. Uh no. Okay. okay. Uh let's see. A tier? A tier is pretty good. A yeah, is like I think, one of the I, best. I think Lucky Charms are pretty good. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's that's you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I'm going to okay. agree that okay. Lucky Charms are A tier. Uh, I don't think they're the best. I think there are definitely cereals no, that are better mm -hmm. um, and deserve the extra tier above. Uh, but I think A is a good place to start for Lucky Charms. I think, okay. yeah, that's a good place to go. Yeah. Um, now, for this episode, um, mm -hmm. I actually have next to me some, some Cheerios. Live, live cereal review. <laughs> um... It's not even live because we aren't streaming this live, but <laughs> we're working. We're working on it. We're working um, on it. We're working on so it. So these are, of course, uh, these are not uh, what many people would claim to be the best Cheerio. These are not Honey Nut Cheerios. They are not, you know, Apple Cinnamon or no. anything crazy. They're just plain old Cheerios. You know, heart healthy, low cholesterol. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? 140 calories per serving. Not bad. Okay, not bad. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, Dart. I think, I think Cheerios are an A-tier cereal as well. Plain Cheerios. I don't know if that's I... a take or not, but I think they're good. No, I think, yeah, I think you're right about that because, I mean, the thing with Cheerios is that they're probably the most basic cereal You can't out go there. wrong. You can't, you can't go wrong really with them. go wrong. I mean, I prefer Honey Nut, Honey Nut Cheerios. Do you, you, you know, what? if you prefer Honey Nut, would you say Honey Nut goes in S or A, and then we could put regular Cheerios down to B? Do you think that makes more sense? Yeah. Um, okay. Hmm. Do you think Honey, Honey Nut... Nut Cheerios are S tier? That's what I want to know. Yeah. yeah. Really? You think yeah. they're S tier? I think they're yeah. A. Okay. Where, where, wait, where, you guys are being spoiled. We are giving so many tiers already. Yeah, okay. And cereals we haven't even covered yet. And we don't even have three episodes yet. Like That's crazy. <laughs> but the amount of content we are producing, Dar. <laughs> 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 Alright, so... So regular Cheerios. Yeah. <laughs> regular Cheerios are probably like... I say B. B tier, B tier, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to lower it to B just because I think... While they you can't go wrong with them, I don't think they're anything spectacular. I think they're good. Yeah. I think they're good. They're a little above average. Because assuming C tier is average, I think it makes sense to put Cheerios okay. a little bit above that, you know? Because yeah, I think yeah. they're better than the average cereal. But I don't think they're 
anything to write home about, you know? I think, no. you know, you got Honey Nut, you got all these other cats. I actually think Apple Cinnamon's better than Honey Nut. I'm not going to lie. Well, that's, um, that's, that's, that's for later. That's, that's for later. Let's not bring Wait, that up we'll, yet. We'll, not, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later, a later episode, of course. Um, but yeah, let's, you want to lock that in? For, for Cheerios? Yeah, yeah, and we'll, um, if you're watching the YouTube version, we'll also put it up at the screen while we're talking about it. Of course, yeah, um, we'll but, figure um, it out, of course. So, uh, we'll also we have go. it being updated on our socials whenever yep. we have a new episode come out. Um, I mean, trust me, you're gonna, you're gonna want to listen to our, uh, our, our reasoning for why mm-hmm. we put cereals in specific tier. Just seeing it on our socials, you're gonna be like, why in God's name did you put Fruit Loops at like S tier or something, right? You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna be like, what what are they talking about? What are what yeah, kind of yeah, reasoning? Yeah. Is, what's going on in their head in which they think that you know this specific cereal, aka your favorite cereal, is in a bad tier? Um, so lock it in. Lucky Charms right. A tier. Yep. Regular Cheerios B tier. Mm-hmm. Boom. Cereal right. tier list complete for this episode. One hundred percent. And All we right. have fulfilled our cereal quota. For this episode as well. Yes, we've nice. com- we completed our cereal quota. <laughs> always great to hear. Always great always, to hear. You know? Always great to hear. We we are eating more cereal. This is in fact more cereal than last episode, which is, I think yeah. we are really fulfilling our name, I and I'm proud of are. that. <laughs> All right. So, um, first off, thank you for anyone who's listening right now and watching. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate <laughs> for the watching. Um, <laughs> we would like to mention though that next episode. Big episode, our next first, episode. Yeah, big episode. This will be our first episode Huge. with a guest. A I, guest won't, appearance. A guest speaker. I know you're going to be listening to this, so you're going to know who you are. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But we won't tell who it is yet, but you will be. Well, we will announce it, in the, it in beforehand. The, in like the we'll next see. week and a half, probably week, week or yep. so. Um, but yeah, so our next episode will be our first episode with a, a guest speaker. Um, we'll probably do these. Um, Every other few episodes, we don't want to do it yep. every episode because that's that's too much. But we'll because we're do selfish, it. yeah, of exactly. Course. We are, yeah. We, um, we want the spotlight here, Dar. This we is, want you know, the spotlight. Here. This is yeah. this is why we're making this podcast so we exactly. can feel better about ourselves. Of course. Exactly. exactly. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no shade to the guests, though. It's always nice to have a, an extra point of view, exactly. um, especially yeah. when talking about stuff like this because mm-hmm. we are not. Dar and I are not the end-all be-all for video game opinions. So. <laughs> no, we're not. All right. It's, it's always um, nice to have more. Well, yeah. thank you for watching, and we'll see you in the next episode. Of course. Thank you. Thank you all. <laughs>